0: Hey guys, Joe Bear here from Small Biz Tips. So today's episode, I had a chance to speak to Chris Brown. Um, he was able to him his partner grow their business from zero employees to fifty employees, and he shared different tactics and strategies on on growth and scaling your business and the different phases of when you had five, ten, plus employees. So. Uh, definitely check out this episode. You're going to learn so much about growing your business. You're going to learn about company culture. Um, and I'm excited for you. So check it out, like it, share it, enjoy. Cheers.
1: Welcome to Small Biz Tips with My Connections with your host, Jule Bear Abraham, Abraham. where he invites successful six-figure or seven-figure entrepreneurs on the show to share their journey, their failure, their lessons and tips that can help and inspire up-and-coming entrepreneurs.
0: Started. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Small Biz Tips with My Connection, and I'm here with Chris. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, Chris, tell us more about you. I know you're an entrepreneur. I know you and your partner are running this business. Tell me more about, you know, the current business that you're running and how would you guys get started with this?
1: Sure, yeah. So, we're running a home lawn care company. We treat people's lawns. We do fertilizing, uh, getting rid of weeds, seeding, all that kind of fun stuff. We don't actually mow or clean up leaves. Or, uh, or or anything like that. So it's kind of a really niche market that we've discovered. I wouldn't it even say discovered, yeah, there, there's a lot of services like that out there, but we forged we a little bit of a different path and I'll be happy to explain some of the detail behind that. But yeah, the reason I'm... we got into that, oh, I'm sorry, go uh-huh. ahead.
0: No, 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 I'm curious to hear more.
1: Oh, well, that's good, good sign. <laughs> uh, so what happened was I was actually trained as a golf course superintendent And Mm -hmm. my initial, my degree, my undergraduate degree was actually in turf grass science, Mm -hmm. which is something people are usually kind of surprised that you can actually get a degree in that. I I am. I never knew that until today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's typically geared towards people who are managing country clubs, Mm high-end sports fields. So when you turn on your favorite football game or baseball game and you see the field is just absolutely perfect, that's because there's somebody with that degree and background who knows how to manage it keeping an eye on it on a daily basis. And so that's, wow. that's the kind of
0: stuff that I learned, yeah. So you tell me, it's not just a landscaper, it's more like a grass specialist that understands exactly. how the grass can be healthier.
1: Wow, I, I never knew that even existed. Yep, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's wow. like I said, it's very much a niche. <laughs> so, so tell us more, yeah. who are you working with? Is it a country club or homes? Yeah, so, well, what ended up happening is I got out of that. My initial track was to become a golf course superintendent. I wanted to manage country clubs. But then when I got out of college, what's what is very often the case with a lot of people, I found that the industry wasn't exactly the way I had envisioned it. So I decided I wasn't going to stay in the golf course end of things. But then I looked at myself and said, well, I've got a degree in how to grow grass. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> <I> <laughs> and, and my business partner uh, ended up through a series of events. I won't bore you with every detail. We met up and he, he had been in the home lawn care market for many years, was a salesman, really understood the production ends of things, uh, and, but didn't have the scientific background that I had. And so the two of us decided to team up and provide a new home lawn care service that really used some of those higher level scientific principles that I had learned, along with the more practical techniques that he had learned, and we, I, the way I explain it is very much that it was the perfect combination of book smarts and street smarts. He was the street smarts, I was the book smarts. And uh, that was about 24 years ago. And so we've just been, we put it together. Wow. It started and uh, we've been working on it ever since.
0: Wow. 24 years specializing mm-hmm. on grass. Yep. That's amazing. Now, I, I'm really curious. Um, so, When you work with a client, is it more like high-end residential or is it like the property manager of like a, you know, like a a of buildings?
1: Yeah, no, it's usually high-end residential. I'd say 98, 99%. Sometimes we do work for property managers for, Mm -hmm. you know, home, like really nice big estates might have a property manager and they want to farm out that aspect of the maintenance to somebody who really knows what they're doing. Uh, It's something that, you know, a lot of landscapers do offer this service, but find pretty quickly that it really does require a special level of expertise to do it at a high level. And that's something we're able to provide. So a lot of times we Hmm. get called in to handle that end of things. Gotcha. So, yeah, 98% high-end residential, independent, one-on-one with the customer. Yeah.
0: I'm curious, what's the price range for something like this? If you're a high-end residential, you're looking at a couple thousand bucks a year, a couple thousand bucks a month. Um, what's the value for you? Is it
1: like increase the value of your property? Yeah, so it's that, that varies very much with the size of the property and the difficulty. So if you can imagine a four acre property, that's all lawn is gonna be more expensive than a small little quarter acre property. Uh, even Even though the quarter acre lot might be in a very nice neighborhood and a very nice home and it might be a very expensive property, it's still, it's just not going to cost that much because we don't have a whole lot of area to cover. So it ranges quite a bit, but I would say the average customer of ours spends around $2,700 per year. So that's nice. kind of the, that that's sort of the average, but it goes all the way up to some really giant properties are in the $50,000 per year range. Wow. And some really tiny ones are more in the $800 a year range, you know,
0: so. Wow, that's pretty cool. Now, now uh, I guess... Uh, I'm even more curious to figure out, okay, are you going directly knocking on homes doors or you partner with uh, landscapers and they're kind of refer the business out to you guys?
1: We do get some business by referrals. We don't go knocking on doors, uh, but the vast majority of our business is really through our own marketing efforts. So we do have a website. We do a lot of advertising through Google click ads, uh, search engine optimization, uh, we do bus, uh, I'm sorry, train station, uh, that we live in a commuter area of Connecticut where a lot of people uh-huh. live up here in some of these really nice towns, but they'll commute into New York city to work. So people that work at some of the big finance firms and that sort of thing. Gotcha. So what, what we do is on the trains and on the train platforms, we have big poster advertisements. We do some radio advertising in the area and we've been able to generate, uh, Pretty the vast majority of our new business comes from either people who saw our ads, clicked on an ad online, or perhaps were referred by a friend, or they've just seen our trucks around so often that they figured, you know what, my lawn doesn't look very good. These guys seem to look pretty sharp. Let me give them a call.
0: That's awesome. Now, um, I'm, 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 you guys been doing this for twenty plus years. You mm-hmm. know, how big is the team? Do you, you know? Is it? You mentioned a couple of trucks. What does that look like? And how was it building that team?
1: Yeah, well, it's been a long slog with there. Let me tell you, it's been a, it's been a learning experience over the years that I think I could probably write a few books on, although I probably have to get somebody who could write better. (laughs) But the, it's been, it's been a really interesting experience. The, uh, we have right now about 50 employees and we are we have about 16 vans trucks that go out on a daily basis to fertilize properties and we have other people in the office we do have a marketing director an hr director a few people answering phone calls that kind of thing uh and building the team you know that's been a really interesting thing because what I found over the years is working for a company with only five or six employees is a very different experience from working for a company with 15 employees, which is very different from working for a company with about 30 employees. You get these different levels that I never really understood before, but you know, hindsight is 2020. I can look back and think, okay, now I get it, but at the time I didn't get it. And what's happened is we had employees that thrived at a certain size, but when the company got bigger, they just couldn't handle it. And either we had to let them go or they quit because they didn't like working with us anymore. And so we've had to continually bring in new employees, come up with new systems, new structure for the company as it has grown, which has been a tremendous challenge.
0: Wow, I'd love to unpack that some more because you said the different level of growth required different employees with different skill sets. Does that mean that you know, do you notice certain pattern once you have 10 employees, you needed to bring in, you know, new people to handle that? Or once you have uh, 30 employees, what were some of the changes? Was it your HR system? Was it just the type of people you hire? And now you're at, you know, over 40. Was it more like, okay, we have 40 plus employees here. Um, We need to have an HR person on staff. We need, so how, how did you guys come up with, all that and you know i'm curious to you, what were some of the crazy stories around this this is fantastic
1: oh sure yeah i could uh i well i think everything you just said is kind of along the lines of the types of things we had to do that's exactly right uh when it was just five employees it was myself and my business partner we would come mm-hmm. into the office in the morning and you tell them what to do for the day and you're oftentimes mm-hmm. out there with them so that was really pretty easy in retrospect it's very simple what is the company system? How do we operate? Well, it's whatever the boss says when I get there. <laughs> um, no problem. You get up to yeah. about 12 employees, and then it starts getting a little bit more difficult to keep the one on one connection with each employee. Mm. You're spread a little bit thinner because, for two reasons. One, there's more employees, but two, there's also more customers that are yeah. calling on a regular basis. So you're spread a little more thin. You're on the phone with the customers. Yeah. You're out there visiting them on the properties. You're not seeing the employees hands-on nearly as much as you'd like. So you start running into the situation where they're not being supervised as much, mm-hmm. which means there has to be more intense training and accountability and things like that that we didn't really understand at the time. So the first problems we started running into was around that 12 to, I think, yeah see an employee mark where all of a sudden we were running into complaints from customers and we'd go out and we'd realize, boy, some of these guys just aren't doing a very good job the way we <laughs> wow. thought we had trained them to do. Uh, and that was really just a side effect of poor training, poor management because yeah. we never had to build up training systems because we were always on the site. We were always there seeing them, making sure everything was done mm-hmm. right. Um, Sort of the hard way, and it was about the fifteen employee mark that we brought in an outside manager to help us hands on manage the employees so that I could start focus on building the back end of the business and my partner could be, I'm being more the face of the business gotcha meeting, meeting with customers on a regular basis doing sales that kind of thing
0: gotcha, gotcha and so divide quickly, and conquer
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit of divide and conquer we brought in brought in basically like a number three um, and part of the problem with that is that we did have employees who had been working with us for years who just assumed that they would be the one to get promoted to that position mm. but the reality of the situation was they just weren't really well suited for that position they were really buddy buddy with all the other guys and they liked the idea of being the boss because they'll be the cool boss and, you know we didn't, <laughs> it's not that i didn't want them to be in a place where they'd be happy and enjoy working for somebody but they needed we needed a boss in there who really understood what the business was going for and could enforce that and you know uh, direct the right kind of culture yeah so that really turned things around and got things back on track and pretty quickly we lost uh, and it was difficult at the time but we lost three or four top people who got frustrated under the new regime and left and we were very you know questioning gee was that the right idea should we have done that but Uh then, some of the other guys that had been sort of quietly going up and doing their work started to really thrive and we found that they were really the kind of people that we wanted to help move the company forward Um, so again the the types of people we had in the company just sort of gradually shifted over to a new breed that was much more company focused and much less gee, I want to be part of the gang and let's all have fun kind of focused, you know?
0: Yeah, I get it. Now, well, I'm, I'm curious, you, you guys been doing this for 20 plus years, you built a, a very strong business. Well, what's the vision for the next year, three years? Is it to double this growth or expanding other territories? What does that look like for you guys?
1: Yeah, so for the next couple of years, our, we're, we're actually in talks with the um, Ford dealership because we usually use Ford vans. There's transit vans mm-hmm. that we like, and I don't know if uh, I should be throwing out that free plug or not, but we're pretty easy <laughs> to their product. And we use that, and we actually just started con- talking with them because we want to get six new vans for next spring, and so we need nice. to obviously sit down and fill out the financing paperwork and everything. But we just also, about a month ago, finished purchasing a new building. That Congrats. our production hub. Thank you. So we've, uh, so we have our headquarters building. It's going to stay where it is. And then we've got a separate building about an hour north of that that has just a ton of room for physical expansion. It's got a lot mm. of garage space, a lot of area where we can build a mechanic shop, tons of parking out in the parking lot, all the kind of space we need to be able to add more and more trucks. So for the next few years, our goal is to. Uh, probably about double in about two more, two to three more years. We want to be double what we are now, and then nice. we want to be looking at uh, adding on a third and a fourth location over the subsequent years after that. So, the long-term That's awesome. goal being yeah pegs. The long-term goal, like now, and I mean, like five to ten years, we want locations from the Boston area all the way down to the Philadelphia area.
0: Gotcha. I really grow it into a national organization.
1: Um, At least very regional, strong regional brand. Yeah.
0: Now, now, I I know we're kind of running out of time, but I I would love to have you back again because I want to dig so deep into this. I think it's exciting, (laughs) you know, because I from basically from what you're saying, you were at about 50 now. When you double, right, you're going to have a different set of problems. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, so how yeah. are you guys preparing for that? Are you setting up better systems to kind of handle that type of growth in the next couple of years? Or, you know, what are you doing now to kind of prep for that? Because, you know, you've seen it already in the past, mm-hmm. and you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be a pattern.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that's that's something that's really dominated our thinking over the last year to two years. Uh, what are we going to do because we know that when we have 100 employees it is going to be a very different organization than what we have yeah. right now and so part of it is there's a little bit of wait and see but we did develop a structure around the company whereby people are trained up to become team leaders team uh, leaders have very well-defined responsibilities and they're each in charge of seven trucks which translates to about 14 or 15 employees that are on their team
0: and gotcha. they've
1: assistant team leader, also known as a senior supervisor, who's somebody who's been with us for a while, they've passed certain certifications, they've Mm -hmm. demonstrated that they've got the capability to move up, and as we add on new trucks, one of those assistants will gradually move in to become a new team leader, as we add on, you know, seven more trucks, and so we've built a structure that should be able to accommodate growth, the challenge is going to be some of the other areas, for example, building a call center for customers, for in the mm-hmm. office, um, deciding when we need to, uh, do we need to add on a full-time salesman or not just a full-time salesman, but several full-time salesmen, or do we take the team leaders and put them in charge of also doing sales in their territory, do we? So there's a lot of little questions yeah. to figure out which one's gonna work better. And I think some of that's just gonna come from a little bit of trial and error. Yeah. But <laughs> the one thing I can promise you is that things will change dramatically and that we're all sort of braced for it and ready for it and we've got i think pretty solid plans to accommodate the change and the growth however we also understand that you can you know the as i like to tell people the noted american philosopher mike tyson once said (laughs) everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face
0: (laughs) (laughs) i agree 100 percent with this because you know it, it is it, it is fluid. There is certain uh, level of flexibility that you need to have to make this work. But mm-hmm. since you guys already have tons of experience and have gone through some of those fires before, I'm pretty sure you could handle it, which is fantastic. Now, with that said, uh, to close out, what is one tip that would you like to give to to our listeners from them to grow the business from uh, five employees, from zero to 50? What is that one big nugget that you've got from
1: out of all this experience for you? Uh, Just, yeah, I would just say the biggest overarching theme is that change can be difficult, but Mm. just understand that the way you're managing the company when you have five employees just is not going to work when you have about 10 to 15. So as the company grows and you start noticing that you're running into problems, Take a step back, realize it's nothing wrong with you. It's nothing necessarily even wrong with the company, but Mm -hmm. you're just getting to a new phase and you need to approach it differently. And there's a lot of resources out there that you can take classes, you can read books, you can just get online and talk to people. Uh, There's a lot of resources to help you through that transition, but just be ready to realize that you have to transition. And I think if we had known that early on, we could have done it much more fluidly. Over the years, and now we're in a position where we know that's what we can expect. Yeah. It took a lot of years to realize that you know, we'd, we'd run into these walls and, and not really realize what was going on until sort of gradually we put it together and say, huh, I guess things just don't work the way <laughs> um, So I would just say, yeah, just understand that as you grow, you're going to have to change the way you manage the business. And that's a great thing. So don't be frustrated when you get to that point. Look at it as the new challenge and the new opportunity to get where you want to go.
0: Chris, thank you very much. This was fantastic. Um, Definitely enjoy our conversation and super excited for you and the team over there in Terminal Grove. All right. Have an amazing day. And by the way, do you want to leave your information so that people can reach out to you?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. So my name is Christopher Brown and the company is Pied and Brown. That's uh, T-E-E-D-A-N-D-B-R-O-W-N. And that's our website too, tdanbrown.com. So you can feel free to just check us, check out the website and contact us from there if if you want to chat or just talk business. I always love it.
0: Sounds good. Thank you again, Chris. Guys, check out the website and definitely reach out to Chris if you have questions. Have an amazing day.
1: Cheers. You too. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Tips. For more, subscribe to our YouTube channel and connect on LinkedIn and Instagram at Jeff Abe Online. And check out our website at www.abrahamglobal.com.